Hello, and welcome to the season one finale of Caverncast. The fact that I've now created something that has a season is incredible to me. The fact that I, I, I feel like it's something that holds a lot of value is even more incredible to me. Um, and I'm incredibly grateful for everything that has led me to the choice of starting this podcast. Few people have asked me why I started it. And in all honesty, I just wanted to create and I wanted a place to be myself. I actually came across um, a few of my really, really old YouTube videos from back when I was a teenager. And um, it's the same kind of thing. Like there's no real point. It's just whatever is on my mind and it's just coming out. It doesn't need to mean anything. It's just a stream of consciousness. And um, <laughs> there's no rhyme or reason, but it, it's fun and it works. So over the past couple of years, um, my belief in myself has grown and, and my just enjoyment of being myself has grown. I've, I feel like I'm getting back to that me that I used to like. And um, I've just been watering that plant, man, watering those seeds in my garden. And I'm just curious again. Every time I sit down to record, I'm curious about what's going to come out. And um, I like that. I like being curious. And I'm going to keep being curious. Not just about this, about everything. Curiosity killed the cat. But I'm a dog guy, so it's all good. So the end of season one, the break's going to be about a month, something like that. Not a crazy amount of time, and it's not because I want a month off either. It's um, it's because I want to spend a little time creating all the video content I've been saying I want to make. And... Um, I've had such a fire lit under me from this competition to do with my band that I, I have to give that the time it's been requiring and, and the time it deserves um, just for a little bit. So don't worry, Cavancast isn't going anywhere and uh, just for a while you'll hope you'll be all right listening to one of the tw 26 25, 26, very good, very nice, um, 26 episodes that are out, that's cool, hmm. um, or head over to my YouTube channel and subscribe over there because I'm going to be trying some stuff out there for a bit, just search Cavern, just search Cavern Kingston and I'll probably pop up. So, without further ado, 
let's get on with the words of the day. And just in case you're jumping in at this point, I've definitely jumped in at the finale of a season before. Um, how it works around here is I use a random word generator to generate five random words. And then I just talk about them. And with the way I'm feeling at the moment, I feel like a lot of these words are going to get quite a positive spin today. So if you need an uplifting episode, it'll probably be this one. So the first word is curl. Curl. Okay, the, the positive spin for this one is very easy. <clears throat> you are ready. So my natural hair is hella curly. Like real curly. I'm talking ringlets. I'm talking like... I've just realized something. Mm. I was going to say I'm talking pigtails because pig's tails are cur curly, but that's not what pigtails are. Pigtails aren't curly. What? What? Like the hair, like pig... They're not like, like springy corkscrew tails. Okay. Google, solve me this mystery of deceit now before we <laughs> completely crash this train that we're on before we've even started. Um, pigtails have been around for about as long as hair itself. No one knows for sure when people first parted their hair down the middle and collected it into a tail on each side, but chances are it was hundreds if not thousands of years ago. Yada yada yada. As it turns out, the term pigtail has been used ever since the early 1600s. Back then, though, it was used to describe a twist of tobacco. Hmm. During the curing process, tobacco leaves would be twisted together to dry faster. Hmm. The twisted tobacco leaves did resemble the curly tail of a pig, so they were called pigtails. Eventually, the term began to be used to describe hair braids that resembled the twisted tobacco leaves. Oh, there's a middleman. Uh, pigtails were very popular among soldiers and sailors in the 1700s. That's an unnecessary bit of information. Um, do you know what? I'm, I'm going to put disagree strongly to this because... I, I no. No, don't, don't bring tobacco into this. I don't, I don't agree with that. Pigtail. If it doesn't look like a pigtail, don't call it a pigtail. It's one of those things you just blindly accept, but is completely wrong, I guess. I might start a protest or a petition. <laughs> um, anyway, so... Yeah, my hair is curly, curly, quite c 
contrarily. <laughs> What's that? Mary, Mary, quite contrary. How does your garden grow? That's what that was. With, with silver bells and cockle shells and something all in a row. Daisies? No. Pretty maids. Silver bells and cockle shells and pretty maids all in a row. God, that's deeply programmed, isn't it? Wow. Weird. Um, anyway, Jesus. My hair is curly. But once I hit like 12 or 13, I hated it. I didn't really think about it one way or another before that. I just didn't like it. That was it. So I straightened it for a, for a long time, years, every day, every single day. And I was emo as all hell. So you look at the school photos and it's just me slap bang in the middle of this class with this massive block purple emo fringe. <laughs> but even so, every day, by the end of the day, and especially if I had like PE or something that day, it would just start to like, point, point, and just, there'd be like one cow. <laughs> and I knew it had started, like it started going back. Just being like, we're still here, bro. We ain't going nowhere. We coming back. For ages, I wished, I wished I didn't have curly hair. And it was only because I moved to London. I was dirt poor and I only trusted one person to cut my hair. And I didn't live anywhere near him. And my straighteners broke. I had no choice but to start wearing it curly again. And you know what? I fell in love with it. And it suited me better than, well, I don't know if it suited me better than straight hair ever did, but it looked more right. And if you hadn't guessed it already, here comes that positive spin. It suits you when you embrace the real, natural parts of you. Doesn't matter the aesthetic, when you embrace it because it's you, it works. Do you know what? You don't even have to really like those parts, but you just don't push them down and force them away and try and change them and pretend they don't exist. You have to find out what's natural and what isn't. But to do that, you have to embrace it all. Curly hair, things you like, you know, music, fashion, those tastes, the things you're drawn to, all of that. If it's you, it should be celebrated. Like I say, as long as you're not hurting yourself or other people, go for it. Experience and embrace all of you. Also, I watched the curling in the Winter Olympics this year 
And it's really good. It's really good. The precision of sliding that little dude along. It's not actually a little dude, you know what I mean? <laughs> that should totally be a sport. You just push someone along the ice. <laughs> See how far they go, curling, but with real people. Um, push the little curling block, whatever it's called, um, along the ice. No, they do it like the perfect, you got to get like the perfect distance and figuring out whether they got the right amount of spin or not. And not positive, a positive or negative spin, you might say. <laughs> Gripping, enthralling stuff, it really is. So tense. Ah, yeah, coming back. That'll do. Commitment is the second word. Something you definitely need if you're going to be in the Olympics, if you're going to go for that. I think it's very hard to get anything worthwhile from something if you don't commit to it. Uh, whether it's a skill or a person. I would even go as far as to say a sunset or something like that. Let me explain. Let me explain what I mean. If there's like the most beautiful sunset ever and you go outside, look at it for a second and go, oh, yep, cool bro, sunset, nice. And then go back to whatever you're doing. You're never going to embrace the full nature of the whole thing. You're never going to invest and immerse in it. I'm talking very generally, but if you commit to it, or even if you're just like sitting in a field or anything like that, it doesn't necessarily mean you need to be a sunset. Um, or you're just enjoying a cup of coffee or tea or juice, whatever you like. If you commit to it, and by commit to it, I mean giving all your energy into it for however long it takes, it'll give back in some way, shape or form. If you really exist in that thing and you really commit to it and you really believe in it and you really invest in it, it will give back. This is basically just saying most of the time you get out what you put in, which is, you know, the age old saying. Even, even if, uh, Jesus, I mean, I'm sure some of you know this one all too well, but even if it's another person and you give all their energy and they're just like, lol, thanks, bye. And, and they just take it all and you're left feeling completely empty and hollow because you committed to it and they left you up without a paddle. You're still left with a damn good lesson. You'll always get something out of it if you commit to it. <laughs> I'm not saying it's always going to be amazing and wonderful. But there will almost definitely be some poignance to it in some way and something that will hopefully be useful later on down the line. God, poignance is a good word, isn't it? 
Who the hell came up with poignance? Poignance. <laughs> like, just the two bros chilling in a hot tub five feet apart because they're not gay. Two, like, two bros chilling, and one of them's like, Bro, no homo, but I feel like this moment has a certain significance to it that I just, I don't quite have the word for right now. Dude, I was thinking the same thing. You know what? We should create that word. Poignance. Bro. Bro. (laughs) I hope that worked. (laughs) And they lived happily ever after. No homo. That's cool. That's what I have to say on commitment. (laughs) Mosaic. Mosaic is word number three. Mosaic or mosaic? Mosaic. Hmm. I like the concept of mosaics for the same reason I like the concept of kintsugi, which I've definitely spoken about before at some point. Kintsugi is the uh, is the Japanese practice of uh, fixing broken or like partially broken objects, usually ceramics, like pots or vases, with um, fixing them with like a gold lacquer, like in the cracks, and it's a means of of highlighting the cracks instead of trying to hide them, because the cracks are what make that thing unique and beautiful. Get it? Good. Mosaics, instead of being something broken that is being repaired, is something entirely new, created out of uh, many small parts of other things, often parts of other things that were broken. Um, What are we saying? A mosaic is a pattern or image made of small, regular, or irregular pieces of coloured stone, glass, or ceramic, held in place by plaster or mortar and covering a surface. Mosaics are often used as floor and wall decoration and were particularly popular, particularly popular, one more time, particularly popular in the ancient Roman world. Mosaics today include not just murals and pavements, but also artwork, hobby crafts, and industrial and construction forms. Mosaics have a long history, starting in Mesopotamia in the 3rd millennium BC. Pebble mosaics were made in Tyrant? in Mycenaean Greece. Mosaics with patterns and pictures became widespread in classical times, both in ancient Greece and ancient Rome. Early Christian basilicas from the 4th century onwards were decorated with wall and ceiling mosaics. Mosaic art flourished in the Byzantine 
Byzantine, still haven't figured that one out, empire from the 6th to the 15th centuries. That tradition was adopted by the Norman kingdom of Sicily, and in the 12th century by the Eastern-influenced Republic of Venice. Mosaic fell out of fashion in the Renaissance, though artists like Raphael continued to practice the old technique. Roman and Byzantine-influenced lead a Roman and Byzantine influence led Jewish artists to decorate 5th and 6th century synagogues in the Middle East with floor mosaics. That's cool. Mosaics have developed into a popular craft and art and are not limited to professionals. Today's artisans and crafters work with stone, ceramics, shells, art glass, mirrors, beads, and even odd items like doll parts, pearls, or photographs. While ancient mosaics tended to be architectural, modern mosaics are found covering everything from park benches and flower pots to guitars and bicycles. Items can be as small as an earring or as large as a house. Troncardi? Troncardis? or pique assiette, a French term stolen from plate, <laughs> is a mosaic made from pieces of broken pottery, china, glass, buttons, figurines, or jewellery which are cemented onto a base to create a new surface. Almost any form can be used as a base, and any combination of pieces can be applied, restricted only by the individual creator's imagination. I love that. I love how much it's evolved. That's awesome. It's like TikTok. Because it is art, and it is kind of only limited by your imagination. And I don't mean that. I don't mean to trivialize it in any kind of way. I mean it in a very literal sense. The amount of creativity I've seen on TikTok. Although... You know, it's not TikTok specifically. TikTok is just the vehicle of... Um, promotion doesn't feel like the word. What's the word? The vehicle is the equivalent of the art gallery, isn't it? Um, but just art. The sky's the limit. Reach for the stars. All of that. Um, my old housemate's dad is uh, a really passionate mosaica mosaicist 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 sounds right mosaicist um but then the, like the passion that he has for it is passed down to his kids and it's something that they really enjoyed doing together and I find it really, really rather poetic that such a connection and strong bond can be formed from pieces of broken things. It's beautifully ironic, isn't it? Just because something is broken doesn't mean it's useless. Just because something is broken doesn't mean it's useless. If something is together, 
then it's just that thing. But if something is broken, there's a million things it could be. Yeah. That's that's my attempt at something that should be put on Tumblr. How did I do? Okay, here's here's a good but embarrassing segue onto the next word. So I'm all right at the philosophical. <laughs> okay, I guess not. I'm all right at the philosophical stuff. I'm quite confident that my mind works pretty well in that area, and I could hold a decent conversation on some topics to do with it. Um, I feel like I can hold a conversation on quite a few topics after doing a whole season of this. When I talk about the migratory habits of butterflies, I got you, bro. But I never realised until very, very recently why a waterfall, which is the next word, is called a waterfall. Thinking about it? You got it? Because waterfalls. And you know what? I will bet my... What's near me? What have I got near me? My mouse. Computer mouse. Not actual mouse. Oh my God, what if I had an actual mouse that just hung out with me for these episodes? That'd be great. And every now and then you just hear... By the microphone. Oh man, that would be better than the fly, wouldn't it? <laughs> Friggin' fly. Just... <sighs> if anyone listening has not listened to episode one, it's the most chaotic intro to a chilled podcast ever created, and I will... That I will bet my mouse on. Do you reckon that ever happened to the, like, the headspace guy? <laughs> Just take a deep breath in and... Anyway, waterfalls. Ah, relaxing. Yes, nice. Nature. Picturesque scenery. Love it. Wonderful. Sometimes perhaps a, uh, a nice rainbow in the, the refraction of the light hitting the water elegantly. Such natural beauty. Yes. That's all well and good. I want the treasure and secrets that lay behind some of those glorified Perhaps. I know, I know I go on about, oh, take a moment to appreciate a sunset, just sit in a field, oh, nature's so nice. Bugger that, man. When it comes to waterfalls, get out of my way, gushy McGee. I want the secret entrance you're hiding, and I want it now, and I'm going to get it. Give me your booty. I can't say booty now. And have it mean treasure just means something else. Oh, language. I'm just being honest, though. 
I'm only human. I just want the treasure. I think I just watched too many movies like it. Oh my God, right. So some of you might remember um, a while ago, I came up with this theory. It's in an episode somewhere. I can't remember what it, what was the episode? What was I talking about? Um, Stonehenge, was it Stonehenge? The word? I can't remember. But um, so I came up with this theory that all these like beautiful, magical wonders of the world were actually alien student science projects. Like the uh, the pyramids were made by the kid who was just really good at maths and geometry. Uh, Stonehenge was made by the kid who was just trying his best but didn't really have any talent, so he just put some rocks in a circle and hoped for the best. Um, and the waterfalls, all the waterfalls were done by the popular girls who named them after themselves. So Angel, Victoria, Niagara, I think there's Virginia as well. And one of them, one of them must have really annoyed the rest. Like, they got with Angel's boyfriend or something so that they changed the name of the waterfall as revenge. Because in Newfoundland, Canada, or Newfoundland, I think you pronounce it Newfoundland, Canada, in Grossmoor National Park, there is the Pissing Mare Falls. The Pissing Mare Falls. I have no words for that. She must have done something really bad. Maybe she just didn't wear pink on Wednesday. I don't know. But she went straight into that alien burn book for sure. 100%. It's incredible. It's absolutely incredible. Angel falls. Victoria falls. Pissing mare falls. God, I love it. And for the last word, the last word of season one, we have goat. Goat. I know. Such poignance. Such utter profundity. Well, actually, it is. I was saying that as a joke, but it kind of is that because the internet has completely altered my perception so much now that when someone says goat, I don't think of the often cute, prone to headbutting Billy Gruff with hairs on its chinny chin chin that it bets on. Not that type of goat. I now just automatically think greatest of all time, which is interesting. And I saw recently uh, the effect that widespread use or misuse of language can have. This is fantastic. The 
literal definition for the word literally in the dictionary, in the actual dictionary, has had a second meaning added. That is, this is amazing, in effect, virtually, used in an exaggerated way to emphasize a statement or description that is not literally true or possible. In the actual Merriam-Webster dictionary, the second definition means the exact opposite of the first. The world we live in is incredible. Rules are made to be broken. There is no law. Chaos reigns supreme. What a time to be alive. Speaking of chaos, have you ever looked into a goat's eyes? There's either nothing going on there, or there is just perpetual, eternal chaos behind that blank veil of an oblong retina. Will we ever know? Who knows? They're hella cute though. I'm going to leave you on this thought, I think. Instead of talking about all the different breeds of goats. Apart from, actually no, I'm going to give a little quick shout out and a bit of, um, a bit of a special mention to the goats that just stand on the sides of mountains and you have no idea how they got there. Like, and these weird, like, you know what I mean? You see like mountains, they're just literally like, almost vertical cliff faces and they're just stood on them and you have no idea how they got onto them. Google that if you haven't before. Goats on mountain faces. Like, weird. Anyway, I'm going to leave you on this. I think, I think this is quite fitting for the end of season one of a podcast where I try to be as myself as I can and encourage you to do the same. Being the greatest of all time at something is a temporary thing. It's amazing. But even being say, the greatest archer of all time, or goat herder, why not? Even if you are the world's greatest, there will be a random kid in a random village somewhere in the world who is just better. There are nearly 8 billion people on the earth. You don't think little Timmy can shoot a bullseye every time without looking. Exactly. So, while striving to be the greatest is a noble trait, absolutely, drive, ambition, absolutely pushing your limits, go for it. The greater journey, in my humble opinion, 
which you don't have to agree with. Don't even have to listen to, but you're here, so I'll say it anyway. The greater journey is to try and be the greatest you of all time. The most amazing version of yourself you can be. What that is, is for you to find out. And it doesn't necessarily mean being rich and famous, any of that. You know, working day and night, grinding to like none of that. But working out who you really are, doing that work and honoring that truth. This is it. This is the thing. Honoring that truth of who you are in everything that you do. That is being the greatest you of all time. And that, to me, would be a life well lived. And with that, I'm going to end season one of Cast. Say thank you to listening. Oh God, I can't even say thank you. <laughs> thank you to you for listening, whether it's been since the beginning or just today. It's been really nice to have you here. And if it's helped, I'm glad it's helped. As I said, the content for a while is going to be in other places. YouTube, TikTok, Instagram. They're all Cavan Kingston. So I'll see you over there. And I'll speak to you here real soon. Okay. Take care. Bye. I'm going to go play Goat Simulator. I lied about the content. I'm just going to go play Goat Simulator. Okay, bye.